good afternoon and welcome to Let's Talk, The Pastor is In. I'm program host Kip Allen. Well, you know, Let's Talk is a program for the Christian, for the Christian layman, the, the Lutheran who believes, but, well, has some questions. In short, the program's designed for someone just like me. There's a lot I don't understand, and it doesn't have to be anything soul-shaking. It might just be something that's been bothering me for a while. And rather than getting into a deep theological chapter and verse discussion, I find that sometimes a casual front porch style talk with the pastor is the best way to understanding. And well, that's what this program is all about. Today's guest is Bill Swirla of Holy Trinity Lutheran Church in Hacienda Heights, California. Now I have my questions. I'm sure you have yours. Now you can send your questions by email at any time to let's talk at kfuo.org or during the program. Call if you're in the St. Louis area, it's 314-8210850 or anywhere toll free in North America at 800-730-2727. Welcome aboard, Pastor Swirla. Hey, good to be back on the front porch. Yeah. Well, it's a little chilly front porch. I got up this morning. The temperature was 13 degrees, and now it's gone up to a balmy oh. 25. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. I'm St. afraid Louis to ask, what's, what's it like out there? Uh, warm, unseasonably warm. We're in the mid-80s. Um, mid-80s. Yeah, you know, I know that sounds good, but we are bone dry. And, uh, I mean, we're, we're, we're on trajectory for the driest winter uh in my 25 years in this part of the country i i have never seen anything like this mm. and uh it's just it doesn't bode well for the uh the summer and the drought problem and the fire season of which we saw some action in that regard you know a couple of months ago so it it's it's bad it's bad pray for rain rain in meter <laughs> doses is what we need well i remember uh, i was out there back in the mid 80s and there was a terrible drought at that time and uh it broke all at once i mean we were at uh i i was living in ventura county where all the horrible fires were and the main reservoir there was a lake casitas and it was at an all-time low and in the space of two weeks it filled because of the rains. Oh yeah, that's uh, when the rains do come, and when you're on trajectory for you know you have this vast reservoir of water called the Pacific Ocean. Oh yeah. Uh, the only question is whether that water is going to make it to land in the form <laughs> of rain or not. You know, and right now the jet stream has been the same jet stream that's giving you these crazy cold temperatures is keeping our temperatures really hot. Uh, because it it you know it's it's veering way way north and then it sags down. So like uh, my hometown Chicago is in single digits today, Ugh. and uh, and that's you know that's not unusual for for winter. But still, um, the uh, the extremes of our temperatures, Midwest temperatures, it's largely a jet stream phenomenon. But but man alive, you you just sit here, you think, and I know it's 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 one of these things that's contextual. You know, you you're sitting on the front porch shivering in, <laughs> you know, te- in the teens here, uh, you 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 think, oh, it must be nice being eighty five. You know, it's it's nice in a kind of scary way. You you in the winter, we're always looking. We're looking for weather. We 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 really want it to be rainy and and cold and damp, and we want things to happen here. 
partly not- for variety. <laughs> partly for variety. You know, this 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 it never rains in su- in sunny Cal- Southern California is, you know, th- that's like mania. You know, it's like every day is just manic, and uh, it, 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 I, I kind of crave a cold, gray, dark day once in a while. So, well, I remember um, when I lived in Palm Springs. You know, Palm Springs is is actually in a basin. And uh, we don't, we had less than five inches of rain annually on our average, but it all came at once. And what would happen? Oh is it, yeah, yeah, it would hit in the mountain areas uh, right up surrounding us, and then it all drained down into the basin. And the basin yeah. was uh, all hard pack, and so we had very oh, lot, so it just ran all over the place. Oh, it was terrible. I mean, we had almost no um, really very very poor drainage there, and so flash floods was actually that was actually a real problem. Oh yeah, well the desert monsoons, you know, people don't don't recognize or don't don't know much about that if you don't live out that way. Mm. But uh, those those rains come heavy and suddenly, and like you say, there's no place for that water to go. No, no. Uh, there's a lot of actual interesting biblical imagery, you know, with regard to that. Isaiah talks about the desert blooming. You know, the whole idea is that the desert is just deadness and dryness and everything until the water hits. And then all of a sudden, all the latent life that's there. Oh, yeah. uh, In the form of all the seeds that are just, you know, part of the soil, uh, they all spring to life. And it's it's just kind of an amazing... Uh, you know, it's it's day it's day three of Genesis. You know, let the earth bring forth vegetation, and boy, does it! Uh, you know, all it takes is a little water, water in the word does amazing things. It's true. I remember one time I was flying from L.A. to Florida, and. Uh, it was exactly like this. We were flying over, it was over Arizona, New Mexico area, really desert area, and it had been raining. And looking down from 30,000 feet, and the desert was red because of all the wildflowers that had bloomed. Oh, yeah, yeah. We had uh, this past spring, we had glorious, uh, the California poppies are a real treat, mm. a great show. And then, then there are other lupines and there are other sort of uh, flowers that tag along with them. But the poppies are the big show, and they were spectacular because of those uh, heavy winter rains we got last year. Uh, uh, this year, not so good. Then we had the mudslides, too, which were very <laughs> bad because that rain came so fast, so hard, that uh, there was just no... There was no no way for it to form its own channel. It just rushed down the middle of the street. And, I mean, the devastation in Montecito and that area just really, really terrible. Yeah, when you get fires like that, it's really a one-two punch because people yeah. don't, don't realize that the, the vegetation actually holds the mountainsides together. Yeah, and it's not much vegetation. This is we're talking like like scrub grass and this kind of stuff. It's not much to look at, but it has very deep roots, and that's what makes it drought resistant it looks dead on the surface but it's got very deep roots kind of like israel you know the yeah, right. stump of jesse thing is it's like david's family tree looks all but dead but there's a there's a live shoot just waiting to blossom and and uh so but it's it, the roots run deep and those deep roots do stabilize the um the hillsides mm. boy when that's gone wow it's yeah. it's just it's a mess well, I want to um, start off here by doing something. It's going to sound a bit like a non sequitur, but it, it it leads into our topic, believe it or not. <laughs> warning, people. Warning, warning, warning. The sudden lurch. You know, don't sprain your brain here. We're going to we're gonna we're going somewhere else now. Okay, from the weather to Super Bowl. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, <clears throat> I saw a movie this last week that was just delightful. It was so totally. Non-controversial and non-preachy, just just kind of a fun movie. Now, 
First of all, Bill, are you old enough to remember the old Rocky and Bullwinkle show? Oh, absolutely. That's one of the finest pieces of Cold War cartoon humor I've ever, I, I know. I have. I own the entire collection of oh Rocky my gosh. and Bull, Bullwinkle. Look, Boris is moose with squirrel. Moose with squirrel! <laughs> Fierce we kill moose. <laughs> well, the movie I happen to have Boris seen... Boris Badenov. <laughs> Fearless fair, <fair> leader. <laughs> well, the movie I happened to watch this weekend was uh, The Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle, which oh, is made in goodness. 2000, and it has a cast of Rene Russo as Natasha, Jason yeah, Alexander Natasha. as Boris Badenoff, <laughs> uh, Randy Quaid was in it, Robert Duvall, he was evil leader, Carl yeah. Reiner, Jonathan Winters, John Goodman. I mean, it was, it, it was That's just... A good- that's a good cast of voices right there. Oh, that's, it was. great. And they, they blended in the cartoon characters with, with real characters. And what was so wonderful about it was that the lady who did the voice of both Rocky and uh, some of the other things, she was still alive and actually did the, the, the Rocky voice. And, oh, no kidding. Yeah, and the Natasha <laughs> voice, where Natasha was, a, uh, was, was still a cartoon character. And, and, oh, it was... Gee, Bullwinkle! <laughs> See, oh. that, family, that family of cartoons, that also included uh, Peabody and Sherman and the oh, Wayback yeah. Machine. There was Dudley some really Do-Right. Good, uh, Dudley Do-Right, yeah. But I, I loved, I loved uh, Mr. Peabody and the Wayback Machine. There was some really good history in there. I, 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 lear- I first learned uh, little snippets of, like, Greco-Roman history from that <laughs> cartoon. Well, you know, a lot of people uh, our, our age, my age especially, you know, we, we first got our, our first exposure to classical music with some of the music in the old cartoons. Oh, yeah. No, that's right. That's right. The Bugs Bunny had always oh, yeah. had good that had good music. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it really did. I mean, <laughs> oh, boy, we're dating ourselves. Yeah, we are. Well, we're, we, we never purport to be anything but a couple of old, old guys. guys sitting on a chilly front porch. So, you know. Oh, okay. Now, here comes the segue into okay. our topic. Wow. Okay. From okay. Winkle 2. The What's thing is, is that we may be old, we may be old men, but we ain't dead men. <laughs> And that means yet, yet, <laughs> yet. <laughs> and that means that we still think about, <clears throat> dare I say it, sex. Oh, <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> I, I, I told you, you it was going to lead into food, it. <laughs> food, I thought we were going down food and booze. <laughs> no. Oh no. Sex? Well, then you can enjoy it all. Yeah, that too as well. I mean, we can discuss that as well. <laughs> Oh my! All right, I'm not. I'm not ready for this. But okay. all right, go, go. What now? What's on your mind? <laughs> well, I'm getting nerve. I'm. You're, you're scaring me now. You're making me nervous. Here, oh, okay? okay. It's not something you know. Pastors don't want to hear that when 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 we're kind of hanging with people. <laughs> well, I expect that from 18 year olds because that's all they think about. But you know, when, <laughs> and 28 year olds and 38 year olds and 40. Yeah, yeah. On and on and on and on. Uh-huh. But that being the case, it mm. seems that that particular topic has been in the news a lot lately. Yeah, it has. That, that's that's true. Well, it's it's news. It's news making. You yeah. know, I, I think news is primarily you know, as a media, as a, a form of media, it's primarily an entertainment 
you know, it's in the entertainment division in most. Yeah, it's like the old network, network movie. Remember that? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's right. See, but but uh, and so you know you know the old adage, sex sells, and mm-hmm. it, it does in the news too. So yeah, yeah, all you need is a good salacious story. Yeah. To, well, we've had a lot going, going on in the news, and all it, most of it seems to have been. Uh, sexual harassment and uh, why women were taken advantage of and so on and so on. But I think it goes into, it's it's missing something. Yeah, sure, this is reprehensible behavior. There's no question about that. But why is it reprehensible? Not just because it's disrespectful. But I'm going to quote here an article that you happen to have sent me that I think really, really points it out. It says here, A human being is a person, not just a body, and a mysterious and wondrous image bearer of God. And it goes on to say that any treatment of another person as something to be merely used or exploited, even if they consent to it, it's not just abuse. It's assaulting and insulting God in effigy. Wow. What powerful words. Yeah, I I recall the article. It's in a a blog uh, called Think Christian. Yeah. which is a kind of a culture commentary blog of a variety of authors. This particular author is a guy called uh, named uh, Branson Parler. Yeah. Uh and uh yeah, I the the article I I I posted it on my Facebook just as for general consumption uh because I thought that it made some really interesting points and the the particular you 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 keyed in on the particular point of um consent and that seems to be sort of the first line of defense or the first line of self-justification when uh these charges these allegations or these narratives you know come out is that um you know were the parties consenting and that seems to be the litmus test if it's non-consensual then it's you know potentially criminal and I think uh, everybody agrees to that. If it's not consensual, yeah, no, there, there's a no, legality involved. No argument whatsoever, you know. And and uh, but but uh, his point is consensual is not enough. That that's not enough on that, that that's that that's not enough brick and mortar on which to build the foundation of a, a proper uh, ethic, uh, you know, an ethics of sexuality and and. And I so I think it opens that conversation to a much bigger and broader discussion. Um, I think the level that the media is dealing with it is is simply the treatment of women, uh, especially in in areas uh, where they are disadvantaged in terms of power. Yeah, uh, the entertainment industry has been exposed, uh, which I find kind of like ironic in a sense because the entertainment industry has always been the champion of, you know, the liberal cause and the feminist cause. And it turns out to be one of the worst uh, offenders in terms of, uh, uh, you, you know, taking advantage of women not being empowered. The, the other one that comes, to, the other issue that comes up is is the pay. Even today as we speak, 
Uh, there was a recent incident where they had to do a reshoot because of some allegations that caused uh, a movie to have to be redone or parts of a movie to have to be redone. So they recall the actors and the male actor gets, you know, a ton of money and the female actor gets like union scale. Uh, you oh, know, just for I read the and, backstory on that one. There were contractual matters there. This was not just simply a matter of of, uh, of uh, sexual inequality and pay. Ah. There were contractual issues. I was listening to one uh, criticism uh, last week about it, and the guy said the woman actor should have fired her agent. Well, yeah, they were represented by the same agent, as I recall, uh, which makes it even more interesting. Mm. But, you know, I think I think you you at that level, you have a kind of. Um, I don't know. It's still a societal adjustment to to uh, norms and standards that may have been acceptable in the '60s, but are unacceptable in our in our decade. You know, it's it's uh, there's been a lot of water under the feminist bridge, and it seems like parts of our society haven't quite gotten the memo or made the adjustment <laughs> yet. You know, and. And so um, some of it is, it's, I think it's a, in part a recognition that society doesn't change that rapidly. Um, we have, at the, at the leading edge, especially thanks to media and, and that, we, we have a lot of very rapid changes and shifts in, in perspective. But, but society's changes as a whole are, are rather glacial. You know, I'm not excusing it. I'm just saying we look at these things differently. Some of these allegations are old. They, they go back decades. Yeah. And, and they're being evaluated now in terms of our decade in, 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 in our contemporary light. And they look different, I think, than perhaps they did then. Again, not to excuse it. I, I, I think a lot of the behavior that's being cited here is simply inexcusable. But the, 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 the primary societal sin seems to be um, it's, it's, you know, it's against women or the equality of women. And that's true. But this article points out there's more than that. There's more than that. And, and it's the way we as a culture, we as a society see uh, sexuality and, and the failure to see it as part of a, 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 a deeper spiritual context of our humanity. You know, so because like we're more than biology. Yeah. Well, I got into a, um, I won't say heated, but I will say intense exchange on Facebook with uh, uh, several gay. Is there, is there any other kind of exchange <laughs> on Facebook? Well, sometimes you can do funnies. I, mean, <laughs> I put comics up all the time. Yeah, just just while you do to avoid that, just don't write anything. Just post GIF pictures. Okay, uh, that, that's always fun because nobody knows what what you mean and. Well, it goes nowhere. <laughs> yeah, but, but you like to provoke. So what actually, did you do? I do? What did you do? <laughs> well, we were we were discussing gay marriage and and uh, which I maintain is an oxymoron. And uh, while it is legally recognized, it is not a marriage. It is a civil union. And then we started talking about sexuality, and uh, this whole big from that point of view. And I was saying that you people are misreading what we say here in the Missouri Synod. It's not that we are against homosexuals. We are against the wrongful use of sex. We feel the same way towards, say, an unmarried heterosexual couple that cohabits. They too would be denied the sacraments unless they repent. 
or am yeah, I wrong? I mean, it, well, I'm, I'm, I'm listening and thinking at the same time, which lends towards silence and, and radio dead air. Um, the, the, I think one of the problems we have there is just consistency. Um, yeah. What you say is true in theory, but in practice and in practicality, it doesn't necessarily play out that way. I, I think the, the bigger or the, another way of looking at the issue is, is or and I'm not sure what the what the issue. The issue is broad. The issue is what what place does does sex and sexuality have in in our being human and in in the in the context of this article in our being human, uh, male and female, created in the image of God. Uh, of course, that opens up a huge discussion as to what does image of God mm. mean. Uh, traditionally, we tend to look at it in terms of sinlessness and righteousness and purity and holiness. Uh, but in the Genesis 1 context, which is, and that's where it comes up, it comes up in that little poetic verse uh, that, that uh, highlights the the uniqueness of man as the head of creation, uh, you know, that that um, male and female image God in the sense that they represent God to the creation. That's, that's humanity's place. Uh, I like to think of it in terms of priesthood, where we are the priests of creation. The priest represents God uh, to the people and the people to God. So we represent God to the creation and the creation before God, too. We, we stand in that that position, which makes the sin of humanity, the sin of Adam, uh, it, it brings it to the vertical dimension, is that we we have failed to do that. We, we instead image ourselves and idolize ourselves rather than imaging God uh, whom we represent. So there's, there's this kind of thing. Viewing humanity in that light... Um, it it elevates our biology to a spiritual level. We we are certainly you know we're biologically animals. We're mammals, but um, and we do mammal things. You know we we eat, we sleep, we we reproduce. We you know we we do these things, but there's there's a spiritual dimension to that, and that's that's the thing that's missing in our conversation is that it's more than just sex. I, I like the fact that in the Old Testament, the word for uh, to be intimate is to know, yada, to know. Adam knew his wife. I, I, I like when the translation preserves that uh, because it, it suggests that there's something more than just a simple biological act going on. But there's an intimate knowledge and, and indeed a unity. The two become one flesh. Um, and this is this is a this is a. The, the one of two profound mysteries of of being male and female bonded as husband and wife as one flesh, uh, the other being that it is an image of Christ in the church. So that's the, you know Paul says this is a great and profound mystery, but um, that's not something you can say of the animal kingdom in general that the two become one flesh. This is a uniquely human thing, and you can only say that of of man and woman bonded together intimately. And so any other union is not that. And and that's what marriage is about. Marriage is about protecting and blessing and 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 covenanting this, you know. So it is. And but it is such a um, it is an emotional argument uh and people do get upset about it. Well, which is uh marriage and sexuality. 
Oh, well, I mean, every argument is emotional. You get emotional. But, but well, I mean, you have... Well, that's you not have true. I can of, argue the difference between lager and uh, between a nice lager and a good yeah. stout. Uh, right. I mean, you know, talk to talk to Eagles fans, talk to Patriots fans, if there are any. <laughs> well, outside of Boston, I'm not sure there are any. But, but uh, you know, <laughs> talk to football fans on, on, on Sunday and see how passionate they can be about things. Um, there are some real fundamental realities about being male and female, you know, yeah. uh, for, first of all, there's, there's a word, uh, you know, Genesis one is about words, God's word. And, and, um, there's a word that says, be fruitful and multiply same word spoken to the animal kingdom too, but it's spoken to us and, uh, you know, be, be fruitful and multiply. And like our confessions say, you know, this is a word that creates the whole impulse that draws men and women together in the first place. Yeah, this is this is the that kind of mystery. The birds do it, the bees do it, we do it because the word says the word is the words at work, and 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 so you know, first off, we have to acknowledge this is not only a natural impulse; it's a good impulse. It's one given by God, uh, but it's given by God always in a context, a framework, and that framework is covenant. And community and commitment. If you know alliteration, I'm a preacher. I can't stop myself. But but, <laughs> but you know c- commitment and you know the, the vows of marriage. Covenant marriage is a a covenant between two people and community. It exists within the community of family and tribe and society and nation. And and if you wrest it from its context, if it's just two individuals consenting. Then we've gone, we've, we've basically gone back to being polite animals, really. That's, that's really all it is, is being polite. But the, we're missing that whole spiritual dimension. Hmm. Well, we'll talk some more about this, but I've got to take a break now, pay some groceries, and get some uh, messages out here. And... Groceries. i got to do some shopping. <laughs> I'll, I'll be right back. All righty. We'll be back in a few minutes. I was glad when they said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. Psalm 122, verse 1. Each weekday, the servants of God at the LCMS International Center gather together to receive the gifts of God in His Word. I invite you to join us weekdays, 10 a.m., for a live broadcast of daily chapel services on KFUO, Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. Do you know that the Lutheran Women's Missionary League has been proclaiming the gospel message and helping the hungry, homeless, and hurting for 75 years? Do you know that over the next two years, LWML is providing mission grants to 22 domestic and international ministries? Do you know that these grants total $2,075,000? Now that you know just a little bit about LWML, visit LWML.org to learn more. That's LWML.org. It's going to be a bumpy ride on the next Adventure in Odyssey. I cannot have Ms. Kendall teaching me how to drive. Yeah. Eugene reluctantly turns to Connie Kendall for help in getting his driver's license. Will they avoid the potholes? There's traffic on this road. Or drive each other crazy. Eugene, stop! 
foot on break? Find out on the next exciting adventure in Odyssey. Saturday mornings at 8.30 on KFUO, the messenger of good news. Your smartphone takes you anywhere instantly. At a click, you can read, watch, or hear just about anything. Some websites are good, some are bad. Some sites truthful, and others are deceptive. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Hear the truth of Jesus daily on Worldwide KFUO. Using today's smartphone technology, KFUO brings the gospel to you wherever you are. KFUO is just a click away, 24 hours a day. KFUO.org. From its beginning in 1967, the Super Bowl game has become like a national holiday as millions of people watch the matchup of conference champions to determine an NFL champion. And on many occasions, it has been a platform for the Bible to football fans worldwide. Ray Lewis has just been announced as the Super Bowl MVP. Ray is the heart and soul of that defense. In the 2013 Super Bowl, Baltimore Ravens linebacker and Super Bowl champion Ray Lewis shared a verse from the Bible when he removed his jersey. On it, emblazed in gold letters, were the words Psalm 91, a reference from the Bible he had also written on the sides of his shoes, a psalm he encouraged media to read earlier in the 2013 season. Engage with the Bible in its influence in every sphere. Brought to you by Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C. Well, welcome back to Let's Talk. The Pastor is in. I'm program host Kip Allen. My guest pastor today is Pastor Bill Swirla with Holy Trinity Lutheran Church in Hacienda Heights, California. And we are talking about sex and yeah. <laughs> and how is how is ordered sex? What does it really mean under under our concept of, of what God believes it to be. And what we've been talking about is the how consent is not necessarily meaning that it's, it, it's, it's okay. Um, I'm, I'm wording this poorly. I'm going to pass it over to you, Bill. You are the pastor. You can put this better than I. I uh, on the break, I called up the article you were referring to just to kind of refresh my memory. And the, I want to read the paragraph that follows the one that you read. Um, it says, according to Scripture, and I, I'm reading now, uh, sex is a good gift given by God for the sake of physical pleasure. But the pleasure is meant to be more than physical because the physical unity that happens in sex is meant to be a sign and symbol of the lives of the two people who are united not just a physical act of connection for one night. I'd go a little further than that, actually. The the writer is Reformed, and so his approach to these things is from a Reformed perspective. And so sign and symbol are kind of the way he sees um, you know, the connection between the physical world and the spiritual world. It says sign and symbol. As Lutherans, we don't go that way. See, so we would say that the physical union of male and female, the sexual union, is the one flesh union. Um, it, 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 I'll put it in quotes. I'm doing that finger thing, you know, when you when yeah. you you're doing quote. Uh, it it sacramentalizes their union. I, I know, you know, that's popular word. Everything's sacrament these days, but but it really is in the sense we're not talking sacrament in terms of salvation. We're talking of sacrament in terms of one flesh union, the union of Adam and Eve, of male and female. Um, 
uh, who are not, uh, picking up with the, the paragraph, not just a physical act of connection for one night. See, this is what people are missing. You know, St. Paul says in in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 that even even casual, uncommitted sex with a prostitute is, first of all, to bring um, the body of Christ into immorality because you are a member of a body, the body of Christ. And secondly, it's to become one flesh with her without any commitment, without any covenant, without any community. See, so so the one flesh reality is the one flesh reality, even if you don't, uh, you know, march down the aisle in a white dress and are accompanied by you know, uh, your girlfriends in horrific dresses and, <laughs> and, you know, the whole deal. That's that's the legal juridical fence. You know, marriage is, is the, the fence built around what, but the one flesh union is the union of, 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 you know, man and woman, the intimate union. And so I don't even like the term sex. Sex is a, is a, it's a, that's a biological thing. Although not really, we don't say, you know, uh, oh, my dog had sex. Uh, yeah, we we wouldn't. That, that sounds weird, doesn't it? You know, I mean, I guess animals copulate. Yeah, that's the that's the that's really just a that's <laughs> the most unromantic word I can think of. But but I I think intimacy is really the better word. Uh, that's that's closer to yada. That's closer the to the to know intimately, um, and and to be known. So picking up finally with the article again. Indeed, when two people are called out of themselves to fully and wholly give to one another their love results in children. Sometimes. <laughs> I add the sometimes. In short, the Bible says sex is so good because it's meant to take place in the context of real care and commitment to another person, to which I would add covenant and community. Mm. You know. And uh, the author, I think, concludes uh, with, with a terrific, uh, terrific view, I believe. He says... A biblical view of sex is not merely consensual, but is patient and kind, is not rude or self-seeking, but always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's, obviously, he's quoting 1 Corinthians 13 and Paul's passage on agape, on, on love, the, that self-giving form of love, uh, which is exemplified by Christ's love for the church and is to be our love for one another, uh, regardless of whether that love is expressed sexually or not. Mm-hmm. You know, love one another doesn't mean, you know, have an orgy. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and that's the, you know, really, I mean, that's the problem. I, I, I think the, the problem is that, that our sexuality has just become unbuckled from everything else, become just this kind of this free-floating thing. Um, whereas, it was, so it's lost context. Uh, there is absolutely nothing wrong and everything right with bonded friendships, with with, sacri- with, with people who are willing to lay down their life for one mm. another. Um, you know, you think back in the Bible to like that, that, that amazing friendship between David and Jonathan recorded in the Old Testament, where it says of their friendship that their love for one another exceeded that of a man for a woman. Now, you know, people in today's context read as, oh, they, they were gay, you know. No, 
uh, they were bonded friends in a in a kind of they were blood brothers in in that you yeah. know the kind of bondedness that you see perhaps in the military or on the sports field you know a, a team that's really gelled you know where you've gone beyond the game you know you'd 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 give your right arm for this guy and and we've lost a lot of that you know and the problem is when you sexualize every meaningful relationship in your life you really mess things up you know it's it's that is reserved for one particular and peculiar relationship and that's the one that is mirrored in adam and eve or christ and the church you know and that is that is that intimate union of husband and wife in this lifelong commitment in a covenant of marriage within the community of family and community I think you're right, <clears throat> and I, I re- also really like the um, how you digressed a little bit about the story of David and Jonathan. I know uh, I had a very, very dear friend who passed away a, a few years ago, and uh, I, I freely admit I love the guy. He was as close to me as any member of my family is. Uh, I don't know if you ever saw the movie uh, uh, Always. With uh, uh, who was in that thing? Let me think now. Uh, Richard Dreyfus, Holly Hunter, John Goodman, and uh, idea being that uh, Dreyfus and Goodman were good were, were were friends, and Dreyfus gets killed, and Holly Hunter, who was involved in Dreyfus, uh, was talking to Goodman one day and about how much he missed him, and Goodman says to her, "I loved him too, and I don't love guys." <laughs> <laughs> That's a good line. You know, I, with with all the, I, I I think there are a couple of things that go through my mind when I kind of review all these all these allegations, and and I don't want to minimize any of them. And and there's been a lot of pain, a lot of hurt, and mm. and and I think a lot of injustice. And and these things have to have to be discussed. And I think they have to be discussed not simply among women uh they have to be discussed amongst all of us we have to talk about this but i think of a couple of things i think of the the sainted kenneth corby who was one of my teachers who was a very wise man very very wise man in fact i heard this line when we were in russia he was uh we were both teaching at the uh the the novosibirsk seminary and he was following up after me and i remember corby saying once and i forgot what the context of the conversation was but he said you know whenever men and women uh, work together closely in an environment where there the stakes are high and there's a lot of passion. There will inevitably be an element of eros. You know mm-hmm. that 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 uh, an eros is the, that Greek word for the the sexual love of sexual right. attraction. Uh, not necessarily bad. It's just it's just that that be fruitful and multiply kind of thing going on. <laughs> but he's right. You know, it's the corporate boardroom. It's the operating room. It's the you know these places where wherever you have men and women working together, there's good. There's an energy in that room. And if they're passionate about, they're working together as a team. They're passionate about what they're doing. Um, there's going to be there, there's the, it's there. And if we don't acknowledge that, if we don't understand that. Um, then I think we're 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 kidding ourselves. Now, does that mean you act on it? No. See, the covenant of marriage says you don't act on that. But you can't. It's it's. I don't think. I think it's bad if we just simply deny this doesn't exist. This energy is there because the word is there. Be fruitful and multiply. Sin has corrupted it. Obviously, you know, obviously, but it's there. 
Um, the second thought that I and, and that was, but that was the Corby thought. Eros, it's always in the room. Mm-hmm. Whether you whether you want to whether you want to acknowledge it or not, it's there. Um, well, what was the second thought? I, I, it'll come to me, but you know, I'm an old. <laughs> You're guy, getting so old. I, I, yeah, no. So I, I lost the second thought, but that's a good thought to kind of hang on for a bit until I come up with the second thought. <laughs> <laughs> It is, uh, and I think it could work in different ways. Uh, you can look upon it almost as a threat, or as, uh, or almost in a familial way. I mean, at the uh, well, for example, at um, at the station KFUO, uh, we have people. Our ages vary quite a, quite a lot here, from the twenties up until where I am, <clears throat> and uh, we have several young women who do work for us, and I think. The attitude that the men have here toward them is is um, like a sibling. Yeah, that, that reminds me of what St. Paul says to Timothy: "Does it treat the, the 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 older women? I think he says as as your as you like you know your mother or something, and the younger women as your sister. But but there's there's respect, um, and I think that's a missing element here is respect." Ah. Um, and this this is the same respect that that we all expect from one another. But I mean, I, I, the 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 women with whom we work and the women uh, the women in our lives, uh, including our wives, uh, are they are worthy and deserving of our respect first of all. And um, and and it, this is when you listen to all the stuff that's going on. There is no respect given at all. And and this is. Yeah, <laughs> this this ought to make everybody angry, and I, and I understand the anger of the women, uh, in that because uh, when you respect somebody, it's going to, it's going to attenuate your behavior, your actions, your words, you know, and and so that that has to run first and foremost, respect for the other person. As a Christian, you know, as a sister in Christ, as a co-heir of salvation, um. But uh, I, I think that has to govern everything that we say and do around our women. Well, the two the two concepts, love and uh, respect, are linked, but I don't think they're identical. Um, I'm going to give you a for instance here. I mean, I I can respect people I don't like. Um, I, I'm going to throw in a historical uh, example here. Uh, in the height of World War II, Prime Minister Churchill saluted Erwin Rommel. Called him a great general. Did this on the on the floor of the uh, House of Commons, and um, so that that's that's one interesting aspect of it. The other other thing I'm going to throw out at you, and perhaps as a, a, a pastor, you might want to expand on, is you must you can't love without having respect. I think, and maybe that's the difference between lust and love. When you really have to sit down. And, all right, you 18-year-olds, I'm talking to you out there. Uh, how much do you respect that other person? Is it lust or is it love? Yeah, well, you know, one of the problems is it's always a mixed bag. We being simul, you know, simultaneously sinners and saints. I, I sometimes make a, desire, a, a, a distinction between desire and lust. Mm. Um, because desire, that's a neutral word in our vocabulary. But I, I, I see desire as the good thing. And lust as desire corrupted by sin. 
See, and so the desire of the sexes for one another is a a good thing created by the creative word of blessing that says, be fruitful and multiply. However, sin entering into the picture corrupts this good thing. As the article says, you know, sex is a good gift from God, but sin entering into the picture makes it self-serving rather than other-serving. It becomes a matter of my own pleasure, which is the point of the article, really, is that this is all self-centered behavior, whereas love is other-centered behavior. And and so that's kind of the difference there. Is it love or is it lust? Well, does it point to me and my needs and what I want, or does it point to the other and what that person needs and what that person wants? And that's where respect comes in also, because now... Uh, you are you are respecting that person as a person, not just simply an object or a means to an end. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Um, you know, St. Paul, I think, anchors this uh, very well in, in 1 Timothy, you know, where he talks about the women. And he talks about a unique, uh, there's a uniqueness uh, to women uh, for which they deserve the utmost of respect. You know, he you talked well. You talked about Churchill saluting Rommel mm-hmm. uh, uh, just as a, a leader. Uh, you know, and that was that was uh, a respect for his p- position, his his authority in office, um, not his person, not his person. And 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 I think I I, I always tell the guys, you know, when you look at any woman. Uh, have in mind uh, your mother, your sister, and the Blessed Virgin Mary. Ah. <laughs> you know, those are the great women of your life. You know, the woman who bore you, uh, the sister whose honor you will defend, and and the Blessed Virgin who bore our Savior. Uh, you know, the mother of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, but but there is something. You know, uh, women are to be accorded the highest honor because they. They uh, essentially, um, you know, they they bear the future of of the human race, and one of their own, you know, the the Virgin Mary bore the Savior of our race, and no man can make claim to that. Uh, and it goes all the way back to Genesis three fifteen. It's the seed of the woman that accomplishes this, not the seed of the man. And and so so a woman as woman is worthy of the highest honor. Um, and and in so doing, we are honoring our Lord Jesus Christ, I read, born of woman. Well, I read a, a a book a few years ago. Actually, I've read more than one book in the last few years. But yeah. <laughs> that's a pretty light reading. <laughs> yeah, list you right. got working there. <laughs> but this one was discussing uh, gender and sex roles in men and women, what have you. And it made I thought a very interesting point where it said that men are the disposable sex. <laughs> well, you know, in in the biological world, yeah. that's true. You know, you you kind of look. A great example is fish. Uh, well, fish and birds. You know, and fish and birds are kind of like, um, you know, they're kind of the first on the scene. You know, but but they're funny because all the colorful ones are the males. You know, <laughs> and if you're colorful, you're you're first to get eaten because you don't blend into the background really well. <laughs> right. So, like like female fish are all drab looking uh, because you got to keep those around. You know, <laughs> and all you need is 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 just you know you need a couple of males and it's fine. But yeah, they are kind of. Yeah. Disposable in that sense. Well, look at the uh, the Jewish I tradition. I feel that way sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but but look at the Jewish tradition, where their definition of a Jew is someone who's been born of a Jewish mother. And I'm wondering if 
in fact, I've read this too, another one of those books I read years ago, um, that this may have been a result of the, of the fact that the Jewish nations and throughout the, the diaspora have so often almost been destroyed and been disappeared. You know, the men went out and soldiers, they died. The invaders would come in, do horrible things to the women, and later on the women would give birth. And guess what? They gave birth to Jews. And the, <laughs> thus the nation survived. This is going to sound totally wrong, make it you bump from the air, but but to, to, to quote, again, Kenneth Corby, um, they always know who the mother is. <laughs> <laughs> there is that. <laughs> there is that. <laughs> Everything else is kind of, especially in the days before before genetic testing, the, everything else is kind of taking people at their word. <laughs> yeah, no one ever says to a woman. kind of puts you in the shoes of Joseph, you know. It's yeah. like, yeah, it was, it was the, there was an angel and something about the Holy Spirit. And it's like, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you never have the situation where... Uh, 20, 30 years later, you know, the woman suddenly realized, oh, that's the child I didn't know I had. <laughs> yeah, there's a bad joke that goes that way. So so, oh. so the, the blonde is having a paternity test, and she's anxious about it and calls in a week later for the results, and she asks, well, is it mine? <laughs> oh, gee. Okay, Bill, now we're treading real close to a line there you here. Go. You're treading the uh, you're treading the line of unemployment. That's what happens when you hang around with me, you know. Uh, oh dear, oh dear. But I, you know, this this explains in part the the very um the the, the the very protectiveness in the Old Testament, in Old Testament Israel, the women. Oh yeah. Um because because uh you know the whole uh, fate of the nation and indeed the fate of the world was tied to the seed of the woman. And so so uh, that's why, you know, if you were like Sarai or if you were like um, Ruth without a husband or if you were like um, uh, Hannah, you know, and childless, this this was a great this was a great curse. This was this was a, a, a horrible thing uh, because because the, the whole promise of Israel is based on the promised seed of Abraham, you know. So so every girl had that that potential to be mother of Messiah, you know, and and so, you know, if you didn't have any kids, well, you weren't you were out of that game then. And, and uh and so well, you know, it all kind of, it all eventually comes to its fruition and fulfillment in 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 the virgin Mary, the 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 ultimate daughter of Zion. Oh yeah. Um but but you you think back to all that 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 whole litany of of the childless the the barren womb the, the barren womb you know the childless women uh, who uh, in some cases conceive by way of the word the promise like Elizabeth you know the John the Baptist same yeah. same sort of theme played out there um, but you know even when you're looking at salvation history and you go back to Genesis three fifteen and the promise made uh that the woman would be the instrumentality of salvation and giving birth to the promised seed etc and then repeated over and over in israel that this this is this is part and parcel of the the i think the intrinsic honor and respect due to women um in addition to their being co they being co-equal priests mm -hmm. uh images of god uh male and female he created them and and in genesis 1 that's an equality that's an equal dignity before God. Well, we'll see the um, the husband will will 
will sacrifice his life for the wife. The wife will sacrifice her life for the children. <clears throat> and I'm sure she would sacrifice for the husband as well. But the idea being that, again, it, it protects what is important. It protects the future. It protects the family unit. It, perfect, it protects the people. Um, and uh, again, I hate to say it, but I think a book was right. We are the disposable sex. Uh, the world could do with fewer men. It can't do with that fewer women. Did I really say that? Yeah, uh, I don't. We're not. We're not disposable, but we 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 have you know we, expendable, we have perhaps our, is the word. Our, we have our place and purpose and role, and yeah. and you know, I, I think when everything is everything is as it ought to be, you 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 you. Uh, how do I say it? You you play the card you're you play the cards you're dealt, you know, and and I I think it's important for us to to recognize that that male and female are distinct, they're different, but well, we have this 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 interesting it's an interesting dance. Some call it complementarianism, um, although the very often that that's imposing cultural norms on something else, but 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 still there's this notion that. We're not interchangeable, mm. and there's energy in that non-interchangeability, and and um, you know it, it that comes to its I think fullest expression in marriage, uh, where you have these these non-interchangeable participants, uh, you know, engaged in the enterprise of being a family and being a household. But that same energy is brought in, uh, you know, in, uh, into other realms when men and women work together, and and so <laughs> we, we need to establish <laughs> some rules of the road here. You know? Yeah. Well, you know, the one of the other things I read um, in my uh, <laughs> in my copious spare time is uh, it, it's not that there's that women can prove that they can do anything a man can do. We know that the thing is is that they can do something we can't. Yeah, that's what I was. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We ought to be in awe of that too. I mean, that's just like, that's like frighteningly awesome. Um, it is, absolutely. And, and, it is. and if if we were put in that position, it would probably physically kill us. You know, <laughs> uh, the, the the same thing that makes us quick and strong would kill us in this this particular situation. You know, I and I think it starts with the raising of the boys too, and the girls. But 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 I think this this idea of respect. Uh, and to raise the boys to be respectful of the girls, you, you know, you remember when we were in junior high, you used to tease when you first started noticing the girls, you know, and you start teasing them and and stuff like that. I, and I think a lot of our dating practices and courtship practices really undermine respect, um, respect for who, you know, who these 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 young women Especially, and, and oh, they scared are. the heck out of me when I was that age. Yeah, they are frightening. I was terrified. Uh, they still terrify me today. Uh, <laughs> you know what, what we try to do, and what I try to, you know, emulate in our congregation too. You know, because you know, I've been around long enough. I've seen the kids in the congregation growing up. You know, when 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 they when they begin to emerge as adults, is is I try to accord them both the, the guys and the girls um, the respect as as adults. You know, so they like you know. 12 going on 13 or so. It, well, it, we're in the last I, minute here, Bill, so wrap it up. Our rules of engagement. Change, ah. You know, and because I want them to see themselves as adults, and I want them to be on the receiving end of respect uh, so that they also know how to how to give it to one another, how to honor each other. And as you pointed out, especially to the young men, think of your mother, think of your sisters, think of your daughters. And the, and and get an icon of the Blessed Virgin Mary and just just <laughs> get 
<laughs> now be careful there. That sounds too Catholic to me. <laughs> but I know what you mean. <laughs> Listen, you've been listening to Let's Talk the Pastor as in today's guest was Bill Swirla of Holy Trinity Lutheran Church in Hacienda Heights, California. Every Friday, a pastor sits in with me for a little front porch friendly talk about whatever's on our minds. If you have a question or comment, email it to us at let's talk at kfuo.org. I want to give special thanks to Pastor Emeritus Fritz Bowie for letting us use his recording of All Glory, Laud, and Honor as the theme song for Let's Talk the Pastors In. Pastor Bowie's music and books are available on Amazon.com. I'm host Kip Allen wishing you God's blessings. listening to The Pastor Is In, a weekly chance to chat with a pastor. Your support is vital for this program to continue. To learn about giving opportunities, call Mary at 314-996-1518. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting The Pastor Is In on Worldwide KFUO.